It's time again for the Scotty Johnny Podcast with your host, Scotty Johnny himself, John Barnett, and the ego himself, Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam, talking Wisconsin sports, NFL through D3, college hockey, doesn't matter. Two mics, two crusty vets, two opinions, one based in reality, and one based in what do you bet on Twitter? With music by Delete Great Cars and Trucks. Here's John and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into the Scotty Johnny Podcast. I am your not-so-humble host, Jonathan Barnett. And with me, as per usual, we bring you Cheddar Talk, Aaron Bottom. Hey, John, what's going on, man? Uh, busy week this last week for the Flottom family and uh, Wisconsin yeah. Sports. I know we uh, we shared a, a game at Lambeau Field on Saturday did. as well. Yeah. Yep, yeah. I was there with my daughter and my parents, and you were there with your, your wife and two children. The whole family was, there. Yeah. The whole fam damnly. Yeah, yeah, I know. First time for all three of them being at Lambeau Field. So, um, as uh, people who go to a lot of Brewers games, um, Holly and the kids were astounded that there was seventy-two thousand people. That's right, there were seventy-two thousand people for a fake game. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for a <laughs> fake game, exactly. And then it was open air, um, and of course, the game had a little bit of sea br- sea mist to start. You know, a little light rain, and my kids were wondering if they were oh, going to yeah. close the roof or not. And I had to explain <laughs> to them that. Uh, Lambeau Field doesn't have a closable roof, and to which Andrew, my lovely son, uh, was not uh, understanding why you would be dumb enough not to put a roof on your stadium. And uh, football's a I different had, game. Yeah, and I had to had to kind of explain. I guess they've watched enough Packers football. I guess it, it, it never dawned on me that that they would understand that there's not a roof, even though I Ruby remembers snow watching, games. Watching them in the snow, yeah. She's watched them in the snow, and I'm like, how do you think the snow? And she's like, oh, I thought they would just leave the roof open for the snow to come down. And I was like... Then why have it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get so used to one stadium, you figure... I mean, I don't know. Have they been to any other baseball stadiums? Uh, not really, except for okay. some minor league baseball stadiums oh, and stuff okay, like yeah. that, which it's not the same thing. You start to all, feel so. then that professional stadiums have roofs. And you're like, yeah. Football's a different game, though. Like, the element is kind of part of the fight baseball would be harder because the ball is very different um mm. fielding a, a very wet baseball or seeing it in the rain would be impossible catching the ball in the rain um because yeah. it's so small and with the lights and it being white and the reflection off it would be so hard and one's um, a pastoral summer game the other one's a uh a, a brutal fall game yeah. fall game yeah, yeah. so um yeah. Yeah, or Gaelic football knockoff, whichever yeah. you prefer. So I, it's it is what it is, you know. And my kids have probably been to about twenty Brewers games. This twenty twenty five Brewers game since we moved down here five years ago. I'd have yeah. to say. So yeah, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's interesting, and uh, they they are very interested in going to more games. To which I said, <laughs> "Good luck." <laughs> so yeah, all right. However, right. I was I was for the first time I, I was looking ahead to some of the games and uh, maybe I'm tipping my hand here, but uh, some of the later games in the year against teams that uh, uh, usually wouldn't draw a crowd. Uh, the Tampa Bay game, the Chargers game, and the Rams game still have reasonable tickets to go if you want to because uh, expectations are low. I mean, in the years past with Rodgers and Super Bowl or bust, I mean, every single ticket was just ridiculous the whole year through. But, you know, so... I mean, late we'll late in the year last year when it looked like the Packers weren't going to do anything, the tickets kind of dropped a little bit. But uh, I, I'm pretty sure me and Holly are going to go to the Tampa Bay game this year too. So, oh well, very interesting. It'd be very Maybe fun. The Rams game too. Yeah. All yeah. right. Yeah, because Rams and and Tampa might be awful this year, so that could be interesting. Right. right. Well, and 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 people are expecting. You know, we talked about this during the pregame. You know, like that's and we'll get more into this later. But there's an outside chance the Packers are awful. You don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's a, well, it's a very young team, uh, high ex, uh, high aspirations, low expectations on the half of me right here. You know, like yeah. well, they go three and if they go three and fourteen, I, I'll be surprised. I don't think they're that bad. Even the great Wayne Larrabee, who's about the most unbiased. Well, let's um, save some of this. <laughs> so, okay, let's get into <laughs> let's it. Let's get then. it. I will remind you that you can find this show on many places on the site formerly known as Twitter. Uh, you can find this at. Uh, Scotty Johnny Pod. You can also find me at Not So Humble Host. Uh, I know that our show is also on Mastodon. Uh, we have my site and the the website there. So it's uh, at Scotty Johnny Pod at Mastodon dot social. 
Uh, and I know that you can also find me on Blue Sky if you're looking for me there, J.E. Barnett, bluesky.social. Aaron, how do people find you on the, all Blue the socials? It's just so... Just tell people how they can find you pompous. so we can move on, man. Pompous is the word that comes to mind. Okay, yes, Aaron's now, on can, Pompous, so you, you, you and we'll move on. You can find me on the poor man's website, formerly known as Twitter, Jeez. also known as X now. You can find me at Cheddar Talk, at Cheddar Talk, uh, bringing up points that people don't like to talk about and uh, keeping Bears fans uh, 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 at 125 degrees. So, <laughs> Okay. All right, everybody, we'll get started with the segment of our show that we like to call our main event. Starting things off with the main event. All right, so we'll start off with Packers. Uh, we Obviously, as we said, there was a preseason game. Uh, the couple things that we noticed from the starters were Love had one underthrown ball that still obviously should have been caught by Watson. Uh, they did get a touchdown there. I thought not Love, a bad, not a bad underthrown ball. Just no, just underthrown, not not an interceptable ball. Just uh, should have been probably five to seven yards further down yeah. the field. Yeah, it was true. a home run ball that he missed. That's yeah. what happened. Yeah, it was a deep toss and didn't just didn't work. But other than that, uh, the the entire preseason, Love didn't get sacked. No, the quarterbacks got sacked. Uh, so we had a, a very good one there. It was fun to see uh, Magoo get his chance uh, to at least put something on film. I don't know if he'll be anywhere, but uh, he looked pretty good. He's got some things to work on, obviously. He he was not going to beat out uh, Clifford. And to be very clear, Clifford did not look as good as Love. Love looked way better and is also younger. And if there is anything else you need to say about this that you think was important about which one of them should be starting, then I don't know what you're talking about, I guess. And uh, the other thing is you also don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Right. So, uh, yeah, we had uh, the cuts today, though. Anything that you were in any way surprised on, Aaron, I guess? No, not really. I mean, the Pat O'Donnell being cut um, just because, like, the the Waylon kid, I I know, has a big leg and he's Irish. So that's cool. Um, He is the first Irish-born player player. in 40 years in the NFL. Yep. That's cool. Uh, and who and who will technically start too, right? Yeah. Or who will yeah. actually play? Who will actually have played? Yeah, be playing. Because I think the other Irish guy didn't ever play. But I mean, te- you, you figure Waylon will be booting at some point. Yeah, um, better. Shinneman. Shinneman had a show. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I tuned into Shinneman today. He had uh, a two-hour special on the game, and he had Andy, our friend, uh, friend of the show, Andy Herman on, and uh, the 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 pod father, and then. Uh, and then uh, he also had Wayne Larrabee on, and that was one of the things that they talked about was that there wasn't a whole lot of, um, I, I mean, it, 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 um, it's, it's a lot like what we were saying the last couple of weeks. Uh, you and me, and, and Josh was on the week before. Um, Torian and Wicks are the two guys, and Heath made it because he was the most prevalent receiver in every game. Uh, we love Bo Melton. He did not make this team uh debose was the next closest guy in the receivers and they did keep six uh one of the things that i was going to say that they're talking about with shinneman um with wayne, with wayne wayne larrabee was that uh um besides the fact that o'donnell being a, a good holder um and that kind of is lost now is that now they have two, two kickers who have never played in an nfl game a right. uh, regular season game which is kind of scary when you think about it that's two-thirds of your kicking battery but uh the other thing was like with du Bois and uh is that it's not like Goody to cut players he's drafted. Now well, there's a lot of draft really picks late this year. Pick, yeah. And it's a late seventh too as well. And and Du Bois actually had some I keep wanting to call him Dubois, but Du Dubois, Dubois um he had he flashed a little bit like on some special team stuff, but uh I don't think anyone saw Heath coming out of uh left field. Um He's he he ended up being really really good. Um, same with the Cox guy too. So I mean, when you get those undrafted free agents that splash and they're going to be a big part of your team, I mean, somebody who's drafted's got to go. But um, otherwise, I mean, I, I guess Heath and Cox making the team unexpected only because you didn't think they were going to at the beginning of the preseason. 
Yeah. Otherwise, because... but, but but based yeah. on the performance during the preseason, it makes sense. I mean, there's nothing, there's no move that they made that didn't make sense. I mean, there was some talk about Savage getting cut, uh, mm-hmm. but that's not going to happen. That was he's never going to happen. Yeah. He's in the last year of his rookie contract, so I mean, you need somebody back and there. These safeties are awful. Mm-hmm. They're bad. Like. Quite honestly, well, we should try to steal Buda Baker from the Arizona Cardinals because he is the only professional football player left on that team. <laughs> Everyone else is like somebody's kid brother or something. I don't know. That that team is ridiculous and may not win a game this year. Um, well, yeah. and then They're and then bad. if there was any chance of them actually and it's it's a sad state of affairs when they they cut Colt McCoy. Right. They're gonna be starting and, Josh Dobbs. And you're like Colt McCoy sucks. But still gave him a better chance, and now they're going to roll out their fifth round quarterback or some yeah. journeyman quarterback instead. Like that's, I mean, that if I'm a season ticket holder in Arizona, I'm I'm beyond mad right now. Like, right. oh, this is where we're at, huh? Okay. Um, yeah. uh, the other things to look at this team is they actually kept essentially six tackles, uh, and some of them, I mean, essentially, um, Tom is your next guard pretty much at this point. Uh, well, probably. I mean, unless you want to put, they still have Sean Ryan and Royce Newman out there, but I think you'd really rather play Tom than any of those guys. Runyon's going to be your next uh, center because there is no other center, so it's Tom or Runyon, I guess. Uh, Myers is the only starting actual center. He's the, there's no backup who's technically another player who only plays center. Uh, they keep uh, Luke Tenuta and Caleb Jones. Caleb Jones, Man Mountain. Uh, like was he six nine three seventy? That guy's terrifying, and he's going to be somebody who I think will be a later right tackle when they start looking at some of these guys might go somewhere else because Bakhtiari might get traded, Nyman might get traded at some point. We'll have to see. They didn't get traded today though, which is the day you'd expect it. Right. Uh, the day of the cuts because you can add somebody who's going to be immediately on your fifty three man roster. But who knows? Uh, keeping six tackles was an interesting choice. Um, DeGuara, Tucker, and Musgrave are the three tight ends. Emmanuel Wilson actually is the third running back. It was something I think we kind of saw coming, but I'm still surprised by. Yeah, a little bit. They talked about that, too. Uh, Andy Herman brought that one up today as well. So I, I refer back to him because he's he's, he he's our usually, right, he usually right with most of his takes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, Taylor... Um, I mean, Taylor was kind of the star running back of the preseason outside of Wilson had a big couple big runs here and yeah. there, but I mean, he averaged less than four yards of carry. Yeah. He's, he it had was, that one big run, but we're forgetting like he isn't actually fast. No. And like the safety but, he outran actually just had a worse 40 time than him and go look it up. Cause it's true. But yeah. And, and to, but to the point of a lot of what's happening with this team right now and some of the, roster moves that are there that have happened um it's like they've they've had taylor now for a couple years and if they know that this is all they're going to get out of him maybe they're going to go for something else yeah you know maybe maybe wilson they just kept on the team maybe he'll be gone by tomorrow and some other running back off another team that was cut um true that there's someone's trying to sneak out of the practice squad i don't know like i mean it was pretty unclear but it, i mean that's and that's it too and that was kind of the ugh, i forget the other example of someone that was you know someone who's been on the practice squad for a couple of years now it's like well if you know they're never going to get off the practice squad I, I, this is the year to get rid of them and try something else so yeah. i mean maybe that's the reason why taylor was the one thing go. is taylor I mean, had they, more special teams Right, like contribution. So I was kind of surprised by that because they did keep Dallin Levitt. We knew that was coming because he has followed um, Bisaccia around. Uh, He's his guy. But Innis Gaines is gone. And uh, yeah, that kind of surprised me because Brenton Cox is not a guy you're putting on special teams. He doesn't have, he's a, he's an interesting pass rusher. And if you think that Preston Smith is gone in a year or so, not back next year. Mm-hmm. Then Cox is a very interesting guy as a rotational. I mean, if you say next year you have maybe Van Ness and Rashawn Gary, and then you have uh, Enigbari and Cox right behind those two, that's a decent four-person rotation. I mean, Smith in there right now is it makes it a very good rotation too. Mm-hmm. But that's an interesting well, it, change and, there. 
Preston Smith kind of had a renaissance last year, too, so that was good to see. Yeah. The biggest thing he does is he does hold the edge very well against the run, which a lot mm-hmm. of edge rushers can't do. By the way, Rashawn right. Gary's terrible at it. Yeah, true that's, story. That's not his deal. I'm just going to guess that Van Ness is probably going to be the same boat, too. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see I where think he he's going to have he's going to have one gear, and that's uh, Charlie Sheen. Go. I'm you know. quite frankly underwhelmed by what he did in the preseason. I don't know that means anything because nobody liked the Rashawn no. Gary pick the first year it was made. Um, no, and I really believe that Van Ness was a, a preemptive pick too. Like it was one of those deals that um, maybe he he probably should have played one more year of college. God knows he probably would have made some NIL money. But the iron, I mean, he got picked twelfth overall, right? Twelfth. Yeah, I'm just like yeah, twelve. So, you're I mean, millions. The, the talent, the talent was there, but I mean, everyone you've talked about, it, he was never even officially a starter at Iowa. Oh, well, that's the he, Iowa thing. He had starter uh, snaps, I, though. Yeah, you know that. I know, I, I know, I know. I'm just saying that that's kind of the, the deal. It's that just he the was, talk. Yeah. He's picked off raw talent. That dude is big. So you know, it's it. I mean, and that's why he's not going to be starting either. No, Gary and Gary and Smith will be the starters. Well, I mean, you know? and this is the thing is also is is Gary because he he is on the 53. He's not on the pup list, which, by the way, mm-hmm. Stokes is. So Stokes is yes. out for six weeks. Uh, yes. But we we haven't seen Gary play at all yet. And I don't know if he's going to be fully cleared to go full contact just yet. We'll have to see um, as we talked about last year. The rule now, is I mean, like there's an entire week off now, so we don't have a game next week. We're right. still another week out from NFL football. Uh, so I guess we'll see as we get closer what that's going to look like. But right now we're going to look at also, if he's not in, we're going to probably see Enigbari first because he got way more of the snaps in the preseason, I think, than Van Ness mm-hmm. did. Uh, and they definitely trust him. And he played a lot last year and looks very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be seeing, it looks like, Alexander, Russell Douglas, and Keyshawn Nixon although I would count on Valentine maybe rotating in there a little bit, depending mm-hmm. on how things go, because we want to make sure above. I mean, Nixon's look good in nickel, mm-hmm. but man, we need him for kickoff return is, is more than anything, but it's, right. it's nice to have him play because he is very fast and can do mm-hmm. a lot of things out there. You, you yeah. know, and that second secondary is a little scary because AR safeties are definitely They're the awful. weakest position we have. Even though we have a tight end room that is rookies and Joseph Deguara and <laughs> yeah, wide receivers that are all rookies and second year players, safety somehow with some with some veterans is the scariest, weakest link on this team. Yeah. But our cornerbacks aren't that bad. The problem is with our cornerbacks is that we're one injury away from being no depth, and that's why I don't know where Stokes is at in the process. And uh, I don't talk and text with people as much as I used to that know things about Stokes. But he's like that weird, you know, like we always used to get mad about this with David Stearns, like midseason, like, oh, well, Woodruff's going to come back from injury. And that's like the equivalent to our free agent signing, you know, like or, or our <laughs> midseason trade. But I mean, it's true. Like if, if Stokes comes back, the cornerback room is in a way better shape because, mm-hmm. you know, Valentine is now your your fifth cornerback, you know, in which that's that's great. I mean, but he's one injury away from being the nickelback. Right, right. Which right. is basically a starter now in the NFL, right? So yeah, Keyshawn Nix is the nickel right now. Yeah, and I, I'm sorry. There's a player on one of the teams in the Central that can wreak havoc on your team as a wide receiver. And he's voted number two player by the players in the NFL right behind Patrick Mahomes. Yep. And God knows he took us apart one game last year. And, yep. and second game basically triple teamed him the whole game you know so well, second game what, they basically won they manned him up with some safety help yeah but it was man coverage cover but, two so yeah. yeah but but they took they took they they intentionally took him out of the game and yeah and they had jay around him the whole yeah. game too that was but, the other thing which so, is what they should have done the first time it seems so plainly right. obvious but i mean justin yeah. jefferson can ruin ruin your day he can as, Oh, no, I mean, he's still he's, great. He he's and, and it's odd that you know it's on the same team, but I mean, outside of Jerry Rice, I mean, who was you know a, oh, two generations ago now almost. Uh, this is not hyperbole either, and this is not a preposterous statement. Justin Jefferson can wreck your day just like Randy Moss used to be able to wreck your day. Like he he's a generational talent. Like that he, dude, he, he can he, he does it less frequently than Randy Moss ever did. Right. Well, yeah. and I mean. 
Yeah, he did it to us last yeah. year. The one Randy time, Moss. Yeah. Randy Moss also had Chris Carter across from him too, which pulled half the field. So Randy Moss had a good running mate. So I mean, Thielen's okay, right. but yeah, I mean, so, Justin Jefferson's really good. So that's that's kind of scary. The secondary. But you know what else is scary? The Vikings secondary. So those games are going to probably be shootouts. Yeah, <laughs> I I think the NFC North is far more wide open than a lot of people would think. I, I think the Bears are going to be interesting. I don't think they're going to be necessarily good. They'll be better uh, than they were last year. But, you know, yeah. stupid stupid Bears fans saying that they're going to be like 14-3 and three and win the division. You, you don't do that. They were the worst team in the NFL last year. Right, and they didn't do much they did cut a couple well like one lineman left one retired or whatever and then or no one's injured uh Kevin Coleman's injured and then they mm. just uh cut Leatherwood Alex Leatherwood which mm. leather isn't the type of wood it's a type of skin yeah I know it's but not, it seems not. like something in Minecraft doesn't it it does Anyhow, seem like um, <laughs> welcome to Leatherwood but, but I mean there was a tweet today about like how how Justin Fields and DJ Moore are getting all this hater on the NFL because everyone's so scared of them. And it's like, nobody is scared of DJ Moore. People are people right. might be a little be taken back by how fast Justin Fields can run. But that's about it. I mean, the, the garbage with, like, you can tell it's a, a Chicago-based thing, too, like the Chicago market and how much, you know, sports media yeah. comes out of Chicago. The fact that he's in the top 10 for MVP candidates betting right now, like, if you could anti-bet that, like any, he's right. not going to win the MVP. No, they, and, there's a lot of talk that like if Justin Fields can just get three thousand yards passing, and you know rush for a thousand yards, you're like, well, he's thrown for just over four thousand yards in twenty seven games now, right? Twenty seven. So, you know, there's and, that. Yeah, and and if you if you have a quarterback who's running for a thousand yards, uh, I mean, he's, Lamar, he's Jackson, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, once. Lamar Jackson doesn't even do that anymore he because did it that's once. stupid. Yeah. No, I know he did once. Yeah. And he's been And don't do it again. Yeah, you're right. And and he has not been the same since. He's, you know, he's he's Lamar Jackson's still an amazing player. I I 100% he's a much better passer than people give him credit for. But I mean, that's he after that MVP season, he fell off, just like how RG3 did, just like how anybody who runs a whole bunch. Mar Randall Cunningham stopped running after a while. Yes. Randall Randall Cunningham was a, a the, it was amazing to watch, yeah. Amazing. He's better than any of the people we're currently talking about. But, like, I mean, it, it's such a question with the Bears. Like, I, I don't see them being more than a six-wing team. Like, I, I will smash the under on a six, six and a half. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it, and that's doubling their win total from last year. Right. Yeah, that would be, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the team to, team to beat in the, in, the, in, the, in the North is Detroit. At this point, yes. I think you have to say that just because uh, they had a winning record last year. They're bringing back most of their pieces. They have a very good wide receiver. They have a serviceable quarterback. Uh, yeah. They have a, a good defense. Goff's not bad. I mean, he's. I think their coach is a moron, but he's likable <laughs> he gets... and he's got a lot of talent. <laughs> the, team, the team gets behind him, though, man. They yeah. really do. They, they really get behind him. Like that's that's they're they're buying what he's selling. That's half the battle, you know. So. Yeah. So yeah, and, that's... And, and Goff's okay. Jamal Williams is gone, which yeah, he's in we're... New Orleans now. So yeah, yeah. So I mean, somebody else is going to have to get the what seventeen touchdowns he got last year or whatever it was, <laughs> and not fumble. Him. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So that's basically where we are. We don't have a game this week. We'll we'll prep for Week One next week. Uh, so we'll we'll start looking forward to that one next week. We'll see where we are with that. Um, the only thing that I'll say is that uh, I'm glad Colby Wooden and uh, and Carl Brooks made this team. It just makes me happy. But uh, okay. those are guys who I really oh. looked at a lot prepping for the draft, and uh, oh, I really and liked them some, a lot. I was going to say there's something that we we completely overlooked. I mean, I know we talked about it last week too, but like um, Jordan Love is good. He's good, and he's going to be kept upright. He's going to be in a good position to succeed. So we'll get a real feeling on that one. I think. He he so, can move. We saw that on Saturday. Yes. firsthand yeah, you should run less I, I, I kept yelling don't get hurt don't and expletive don't get hurt you expletive <laughs> we need you like stop running you're like that's great that you just got that first down but stop it and you know he didn't make any mistakes uh he didn't fumble he didn't throw any interceptions 
Um, like we said, he missed a home run ball to Watson on Saturday. Yeah. And but by miss it, he mildly underthrew it, and Watson probably should have caught it. Had a yeah. And and then Aaron Rodgers was getting all sorts of praise, like, oh, it's the next coming of Rodgers and Devonta Adams with him and whatever Wilson is that the. <laughs> what's his what's his wide receiver's name? I don't know, but it's like the oh, back shoulder throw. The back shoulder throw that that uh love threw to Watson was equally as good. Mm-hmm. Um it was very uh, good, yeah. Watts you know, it's it's not regular season. We haven't seen it yet. We saw a little bit of it against Philadelphia last year. So we know Love can play against a, a big time defense because Philadelphia has a big time defense. Um yep. and he's, a, no? he's got confidence and he knows the system he and does. he feels he looks like he he understands his place. So and that's good. People want to people want to play for him, and yeah. the, the other players want to play for him. And you know, there's this article the other day about Matthew Stafford not being able to connect with the younger players on his team because he's 35, 36 years yeah. old. Yep, one hundred and thirty six years old. One hundred and thirty six years old. <laughs> Methuselah uh, himself, the Nebuchadnezzar. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, he, uh, but like he was unable like unable to connect with younger players and there was all this banter on twitter x thing um that <laughs> it's like well rogers and rogers and brady were able to uh connect with their younger players no they weren't I mean, rogers was not rogers was definitely not i, I, I mean it's like, oh, well, now that he's in New York, he's connecting with. Yeah, that's because he's he's pretentious, and this is all the well, things we hated about Rodgers. Well, and Even they're as, always going to say he's doing well, so that's fine. It's yeah, fine. he's fine. Whatever, it's great. But I mean, like firsthand, like we watched Watson drop a, a seventy-six yard for sure touchdown against the Vikings last year, mm-hmm. and then Rodgers didn't throw him another ball for six weeks. Right. I mean, and he would do that. Couple. He he would alienate younger players. Yep based on what he perceived as, you know, doing wrong. He didn't do that when he was a younger player, but as he got older and, and Tom Brady didn't necessarily get along with his younger players either. I mean, like it was just, they played for him because he was the quarterback, you know? Yeah. And so in, in, in the case of him too, Bill Chick is good with con- connecting with younger players, True. even though people don't see it, but you don't see things behind the doors in new England. And right. anyways, Bill check hasn't done anything in five years now anyways, but I mean, <laughs> so the younger players want to play for love and you can tell there's an energy and there's the anticipation of the season is higher than I think the Packers have had in any season in a long time, you know, since for the last 10 years with Rogers has been super bowl or bust every year and is every year was met with disappointment you know, for 12 straight years and, yeah. and four times and there are three times, four times. How many times did he lose it? I don't want to think about it. Let's just anyway. So yeah. So almost, almost a quarter of the time was met in utter disappointment in the last NFC game of the year. Um, But yeah, I know there's like a fresh new feeling that the, the Packers are 24.3 years old. Bakhtiar is the oldest young or is the youngest oldest person on his team. <laughs> Meaning right. he's 31 years old. He's the oldest person on the Packers. That is the youngest elder person on a team in the NFL right now. Um, Lafleur is actually getting to coach. It isn't, oh, okay, so we brought you in to do this thing, but Rodgers is here, so we need you to morph it around Rodgers while he's still here. And then yeah. he's actually getting to coach. I wish Joe Barry wasn't here, but, I mean, there's a lot of anticipation about it. There's a lot of unknown <laughs> You know, but there's a lot of promise too because there seems to be a lot of young talent. So yeah. I'd argue the last time we had something like this is when Rodgers was coming off the bench and Favre was gone. And yeah, we had a young Clay Matthews. We had a young Greg Jennings. Jordy Nelson was brand new. You know, yeah. We didn't have any, the, 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 the veterans were Charles Woodson, you know. That's true. And stuff like that. And I I think, and I think after this year, and like you said, if Bakhtiari does get traded, you know. Yeah. Like we said, I don't think that's going to happen, but it would be an interesting thing to look at. But either either way. So once they clear all the salary for next year, then you expect that that's when they sign the veteran free agent to come in and help much like they did with Charles Woodson, you know? So, yeah. Or Reggie White, because God knows that team was young when Reggie White came in too. That's true. And they yeah. brought in Sean Jones and, you know, a couple others. Yeah. So the only thing I worry about is that losing uh, 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 tight end. 
Oh, losing uh, Big Dog, Mercedes Big Dog. Lewis. Mercedes Lewis and Lazard, we did lose kind of some downfield blocking for the run game, so it might be a little bit harder, but Wayne yeah. Larrabee brought that up too. But Musgrave's know. not as good a blocker. Uh, that he, kid is... He tries. We'll say he is, throws his body into it, but yeah, he's... That kid is huge. He is huge. My God, when we were watching him, especially with the way he wears number 88, those big blocky numbers, that makes him look bigger. You know <laughs> okay. what I'm saying? Like, it's All like right. he's got a lot of number across his chest, too, on top okay. of it. My, I couldn't believe how big he was. He was the biggest player on the field. Well, until Caleb times. Jones walked out. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. but yeah, I mean. Caleb Jones is not, him? he's not human. He's, he's the mountain. Yeah, yeah that, that is true. <laughs> but I mean, like, as far as just like, what, six foot seven? Something like that. Yeah. Six foot six. Big fun target. He's huge and he can move. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm stoked about that. I'm stoked good. about having Good, good. Anyways, okay. I just wanted to wrap that. I wanted to give love some love before we, because uh, we barely mentioned him <laughs> at all. So. That's true. Okay. The one thing we do have is that there will actually be a football game that matters in the state of Wisconsin this week. It will be the Wisconsin Badgers taking on the University of Buffalo Bulls. We want to say Buffalo Bills, but it's the Buffalo Bulls. And did they wear they blue. That What's that? Did they do that intentionally or did the Bulls precede the Bills? I you know, I don't know which one was first, but I don't know how they did that. Anyways, okay. My favorite is that um the Buffalo Sabres specifically set out to pick a name that did not make a play on the word Buffalo. And mm. then they made a logo which had a buffalo on it, but also crossed <laughs> Sabres. Uh, but yeah, no, it's that's a good one. They, they, 100% true, yes. It is true. It's, yeah. one of the, it's one of the best hockey logos there is, though, too. The cross Sabres with the buffalo underneath. The it. buffalo in the circle, inside yeah. the circle, that old classic one. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, with the, the um, cross Sabres above it, that's a, that's a pretty sweet logo. It's a great one. has got a lot of sweet logos. The old logos were great. It's also got some really stupid logos, like a duck mask, but anyways. Yeah, that one makes me angry. Yes. Everybody who doesn't watch hockey is like, man, the Mighty Ducks are an awesome team. And everyone who watches hockey is like, I can't believe Disney is just messing with us now. Uh, right. like, forget this team. Anyhow, the Badgers are going to be starting a whole bunch of transfers here. <laughs> All right. So it's going right. to be interesting. Uh, CJ Williams, of of- oh, Bryson this Green. Just like, this is just like the Packers, man. It's yeah. the same thing. Yeah, a lot of new things. Uh, Tanner Mordecai is going to be the starting quarterback on this team. Uh yeah, he is a transfer from SMU. We've talked about some of these guys. We're going to have a new left guard, uh, Joe Huber, uh, Will Pauling, Bryson Green, CJ Williams, all will be transfers who will play a lot. Shamari DK is back. Uh, Keontes Lewis, who looked super fast last year and did a great job. Uh, Skylar Bell also back. That's actually a really fun wide receiver core, and this is what's going to be interesting is watching this new offense because it is a brand-new offense. And how much having uh, this is the offense. If you want to see what it looks like, go watch what Sam Howell did in this offense because it is the uh, North Carolina air raid offense from last year. Because we stole their offensive coordinator. All right, like <laughs> this is what Wisconsin does now is steal other teams' coordinators to you know laterally transfer in. So good, good on. Uh, Macintosh for going out and, and making sure that their assistants and their coordinators are getting paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Braylon Allen is likely not going to see eight man boxes a lot this year. I mean, they're definitely going to try that, but if they do, we're going to throw at them a lot with a guy who can throw and does throw. It's going to be so weird. It's going to be fun to see. It's going to be a brand like, new Wisconsin world. It's like the last running team. Like that was their the identity of Wisconsin football was there two yeah. tight ends, three hundred pound linemen that are all gonna be drafted into the NFL next year. And a running and some back running will, yeah. and some running back out of New Jersey that can run like lightning, <laughs> but is two hundred and fifty pounds, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're gonna see something interesting here. It's gonna be uh this is Braylon Allen's really his last chance this year to impress the the NFL scouts because I mean he's gone. We have to know that. This is yeah. like Jonathan Taylor. He gone. Okay, uh, this is going to be his last year. Well, I don't know. Uh, is the running back is the running back going to make more money off NIL in college? I can't imagine he pros? does. I can't I mean, imagine he does. And if the money's backs, co- look, what running backs are getting paid in the NFL now, though, that's the problem. So that's the other thing, though. Is like I mean, you may the, as well go get position. it now. You may as well go get that money at the NFL now. I mean, is he going to make a million dollars next year in college? My guess is no. And he's going to make more than that if he's. 
I don't know if he's going to be a second round pick. I mean, that's the other thing is running backs are just generally going to be picked lower. But you know what's going to make right. you be picked even lower is having a lot of carries. So mm-hmm. you go as soon as you can as a running back. You should because the, the money on the back end in that second contract, which is still not going to be great because <laughs> running backs which are they, which they don't get second contracts anymore. Yeah, well, Melvin Gordon's I mean, done did. pretty well. Melvin Gordon's done fairly well. Uh, Taylor would get a second year, a second contract. Just it's not going to be what he wants because that era is done. But yeah, these guys are going to be interesting. Delvin Cook, Taylor. I mean, then again, Taylor does work for Jim Mercer, who is completely insane. He is insane. He's an insane person. I Um, I hope he does get to the Dolphins. (laughs) No, no, they've they've said he's not. They're not trading him. So, oh, Uh, that that came out at the end of the day here. So yeah, this is. The Bulls have an interesting one. Uh, I'm just looking at this team as well. This team has an insane number of transfers. Uh, They're going to be starting a transfer wide receiver. They have two other transfer wide receivers as well. They have, I'm sorry, three other transfer wide receivers. So um, they're going to be starting, looks like, geez, uh, two others who were former transfers who are now senior and a grad student. And then behind that, they're going to have you know, three other transfer wide receivers and one transfer starting. They have like an entire offensive line of transfers backing up their current starting team. It is ridiculous the number of transfers on this team. Their top three tight ends on their depth chart right now are all transfers, a transfer senior, a grad transfer, and a sophomore transfer. And then there's a redshirt freshman who's fourth. So it's like it, – it's a whole new group over there. They're they're uh, they are fairly senior heavy on this defense too. So that's something to look at. Uh, their corner, their corner and the free safety both seniors. Um, they're starting a grad student and then two uh, seniors. Uh, one of them a redshirt senior at their linebacking core, and then. A redshirt senior, 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 redshirt senior on their defensive line. So that's going to be – I mean, that that's something to look at. They do have a bunch of guys who've been there a while who will be doing this. So, you know, you don't want to just assume you're going to walk over guys like this. But the most interesting thing will be seeing what does this offense look like and how does the defense now respond that we have an entirely new staff. Because we've had – even though we've lost defense coordinators – we filled them in with guys from underneath in that staff, and this is a new staff. So everything is kind of up in the air with this team, and and we're looking forward to a lot of things. This is a very interesting time, and we had a lot of transfers that, that made this a very interesting year. Uh, but, man, we don't know what this even looks like just yet. Uh, this is going to be a fun game at Madison coming up uh, this Saturday, so I'm excited. Uh, I mean, <laughs> this is going to be a... A heck of a thing. The Badgers, I believe, at this point are favored by, is it 28 still? I think I saw it was 28. Um, well, that's you said there was going to be a real football game this weekend. I was going to tease you about, uh, is it really going to be real? But, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Badgers uh, line are minus 28. The over-under is 54. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a game that counts, if nothing else. Uh, right. And hopefully it's not a real game. I don't like good football games when my team is involved. Good football games are for other people's teams. I want a blowout for my team. <laughs> I do not want a good Absolutely. game. I want, starting... I want JV out there playing. Please. Exactly. Yeah. Badgers starting the season at uh, number 19 overall. They will be playing a 2.30 kickoff uh, on September 2nd. So Saturday they'll be on FS1. Beginning of the season. Should be a lot of fun to see. And uh, it'll start a, a couple games here against non-conference foes. They'll have Buffalo. Then they'll go to Pullman, and that's uh, Wazoo or Washington University, Washington State University, mm-hmm. the Cougars of Washington State, whose uh, fight song uh, Pacelli High School, my school, stole. Uh, we, we have new different words. But it's also, I think it's featured in Stripes. John Candy sings the fight song for Washington State. Fight, really? fight, fight for Washington State. Da, 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 da. Interesting. Yes, it's a fun bit of useless trivia. Uh, Badger's third game on the 16th of September will be Georgia Southern. And then they will roll into their nine games of Big Ten schedule. Uh, they will be playing Iowa at home. They'll be playing 
Ohio State at home, and uh, those are the only two currently ranked teams on the Badger schedule. Okay. Yeah, at Purdue. That's always a tough one. At Purdue, that team can do some stuff. They're going to have a new quarterback because Aiden O'Connell is over in Oakland, or pardon me, Las Vegas right now. Be playing in Champaign. They'll be playing in Bloomington against uh, the Hoosiers, and they'll be playing uh, at whatever that weird uh, bank field is. I mean, they're just all bank fields up in in the Twin Cities to end the season. Right. So that'll be that for there. So uh, the other thing that we do have is, again, games that count, which is the Brewers, who had a really rough game. I'll say this. In this week leading up, that Padres series was some of the worst baseball. Like, the Brewers won all three games, and I'm glad they did. Mm-hmm. That was terrible. And in some of those, quite literally, the Padres just blew it. Just blew it. Um they had two errors at third base, I believe, almost in one inning. Just hit at third base, and he is just booting the ball. He's throwing it away. Uh, they scored a run at one point because they threw the ball on a dugout. Uh, it was it was an insane, just terrible play. I mean, we even had uh, Uribe go up there and play the worst inning of pitching I've ever seen a Brewers pitcher ever have. Maybe the mm-hmm. worst inning of pitching I've ever seen. He walked. He hit. Grisham, who can't hit anything. Grisham had... Grisham, Grisham struck out like 12 times in three games. Basically. It was insane. He didn't have a single hit. The closest he got was getting hit. He got hit by a ball on the back shin. The back shin. His, <laughs> his, his, not the front one. He got hit on the back shin. Because he couldn't get out of the way fast enough. Um, okay. And then, so he's on first. They walk the next batter, uh, the next two batters. And then, so with bases loaded... Uribe throws two wild pitches and gives up two runs. So the reason they don't bat anybody in is he just threw the ball to the backstop twice. He could not find the zone. And you're just begging him. They're like, take him out. Just take him out, Council. Take him out. And thankfully, they had a big cushion because then Hobie Milner came in, and he has been an underrated part of this bullpen. Wilson, yeah. Wilson, a massively Fun. underrated part of this bullpen. I was going to say, uh, 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 not Wilson, um, Milner, a fun sidearm guy, too. By yeah, the way. lefty sidearm. Yeah, there's not enough of those guys anymore. Right, yeah. He's been fantastic, and yes. I've really enjoyed him. And he looks like he is, shoot, he looks like um, Connor Asijin. You know, like he is 12 oh, years yeah. old and there maybe doesn't belong up here. <laughs> uh, of course, he's like 33, I think. Uh, Hobie Milner's been around a little bit for <laughs> this league. But he looks like a 12-year-old boy. Yeah. Uh, and, and he's got a great pitch. A, a very tall 12-year-old boy. Very tall, way. yes. Very tall. A Seijin as well. Very tall 12-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. But very young-looking face, uh, which, you know, I would I would kill for. But uh, still, yeah, he's been great. Wilson came in on the other game when uh, Hauser goes down, uh, getting injured, stepping, basically pitching. He trip, catches his heel or his foot or his toe or whatever, and mm-hmm. it's falling off the mound. Uh, only pitched two innings, and then Wilson comes in and pitches the next four and gets the win. Uh, that was fantastic. Uh, having a guy who can come in out of the bullpen and pitch you four innings uh, saved the day for that bullpen. Uh, it was fantastic to get that win. Uh, nine straight for the Brewers before they lose to the Cubs today, a one nothing game. Uh, give up one early, and then just I mean, Burns went seven complete and gave up one run. He had a great game. And after scoring four runs in the first inning, which, by the way, they didn't need to score another run because they win 6-2. They only gave up two. Um, but with uh, Miley playing, you know, pitching a pretty good game, but mostly the defense was incredible behind Miley. They were so good. Uh, and he he caught, he caught one line drive. I think each pitcher last night caught one line drive right back up at the mound. Uh, and, yeah, he, he pitched okay. But didn't give up any runs. Uh, Burns pitched fantastic today. Gave up one run, and the Brewers could not hit um, Steele. Steele has been fantastic. He's fifteen and three right now. Uh, he's got a sub three ERA. Um, this was a tough one here, putting up two big stars against each other. And Burns was up to it, but he's going to take a loss for this one. Even though, just I mean, fantastic quality start. And I mean, how save the bullpen at the end of the year when he leaves. Yeah. Right, because last year was contract. 
I think so. It I don't think he has any arbitration left. It might not be about the money, but it might just be to to rinse his mouth of this place where he's lost more two to one and one to zero games than anybody else should. This is like oh. King Felix stuff. Like I'm oh, out here throwing Cy not. Young ball. I'm out here throwing Cy Young ball, shutting out other teams, giving up only one run, and I'm losing by one run. Well, yeah. not so much this year. I mean, he's still his whip is still good. He's got a right. a one point oh nine whip. Uh, and a three five five ERA. So now the defense is letting him down too. Okay, God, <laughs> that's not true at all. This has not been his best year. No, I'm just, I'm just saying. But I'm saying though that, that this is like Burns' whole career. Like if he'd been not this year specifically, but like in years past, been pitching for the Yankees, he'd be like a twenty five game winner. Yeah, you know. Well, so that's, instead, that's kind of the things when people are like Mariano is clearly the best closer ever. You're like, well, he had more save opportunities than Hoffman ever saw. Right. So it's like if Hoffman had played for the Yankees, he'd have easily as many saves as Mariano. Right. Because, you know, it is the opportunity of playing for a team that puts you in a position to just walk out there and throw three innings or throw one right. inning. Right. Um, whereas Trevor Hoffman was on terrible teams with the Padres mm-hmm. and then some okay Brewers teams for like two years. And, but I mean, like he was not nearly on those Yankee teams. He spent his whole career with the Yankees as a closer for the Yankees. You're like, yeah. Um, okay, I get that, but yeah, this is not, this is not the season. Uh, Burns last two years have been fantastic. Uh, but this year, I mean, not terrible. He's had some games where he has been like this one lights out, just incredibly good. He was really, really good today, but he did win one where he gave up like six and won like seven, six because they, they didn't help him out. Um, but yeah, no, this, this, this one was like that, that Ben Sheets year, the year, the, uh, 08, uh, ben Sheets was the guy who never got the wins, and somehow Capuano got 18. <laughs> and it was like, man, he's nowhere near Ben Sheets. What was happening mm-hmm. here? But he, yeah, Ben right. Sheets got all the one nothing losses and the two one losses. Uh, but yeah, no, this is not the year for that because he's had too many games where they lose four one. But yeah, this one though, he's, mm-hmm. as you said, this is a one nothing loss, and it's not on Burns. He pitched fantastic today. Uh, but yeah, we'll have one more, the rubber match tomorrow then. And that will be Woodruff going up against Hendricks. So that's when I like our odds on that one. Uh, Woodruff coming back has looked fantastic in the couple starts he's had. Hendricks is not a bad pitcher. He's, he's good. He's got a a 1.14 whip. Uh, he does have a 3.8 ERA this year, uh, five and seven overall. This is one you'd like to see the Brewers take this one. Uh, and get the lead. It would also mean that essentially the Brewers need to win one game at home against the Cubs in the final series to win the tiebreaker. Okay, so right now the Brewers lead the tiebreaker because they won the first series two to one, and then they split the four game series two to two. Uh, if they lose to the Cubs tomorrow, they'll be all tied up in terms of head to head. If the Brewers win, they'll be two games up with three to play. So that would be interesting with them. Also, I mean, they're four games ahead right now in the actual division standings. Uh, It would be great to not worry about a tiebreaker. It would be really cool. Uh, Brewers do hold the tiebreaker on the Reds. They won't play the Reds again. Uh, After this, they'll have another series uh, against the Cubs uh, in Milwaukee yet. Um, It was also interesting looking at like the Brewers right now have a winning record against teams who are 500 or better. I mean, they're one game clear of 500, but the Cubs have a losing record against 500 teams. The Cubs to this point have played a much easier schedule, but they've also, you know, didn't get swept by the athletics. Uh, They win the games they're supposed to win. And the Brewers have missed a couple of those, Uh, but they have had a better, better series against teams that have winning records. But uh, quite honestly, they have scored a lot of runs recently. They had, was it three straight games with five plus run innings? Is that right? Holly was at the game with, with, with Ruby there, right? The other day where they scored seven in one inning. If they would have scored five today, it would have been 10, 10 games in a row, I think. That's crazy. Right? It, 10 games with at least five runs. but Five or, runs, five runs, 10 games in a row, and that would have been the first time since 2011 if they would have done it today, yeah. but obviously they didn't. They did the opposite of that. Yeah, they scored, <laughs> scored zero. They scored no runs. You'll be you'll be awarded no runs, and may God, God have, have mercy, mercy on your soul. soul. 
yeah, not not the game today, but um, we'll see how they come back out tomorrow. You can't, you just can't, you can't be that mad. I get it, it's the Cubs, and nobody wants to have to deal with the Cubs or Cubs fans. Um, and I would also encourage everybody, uh, Paul Noonan, uh, I shared it too, so if you check out my Twitter feed, my X feed, whatever, uh, which still goes to Twitter.com. Uh, if you check that out, you'll see that I shared a, a long tweet thread from Paul Noonan or at Badger Noonan, friend of the podcast. He's been on the show. Uh, I work with him, Acme Packing. Uh, he had a great one about like Cubs fans like saying the Brewers are just super lucky because they win all these one run games. Um, ever since Craig Council's second full year in the league, the Cubs or the Brewers have always had a winning record in one run games. So from 2017 on, always, which means it's a plan. It is not a bug of the system. It is it is part of the system. It is designed into the system. The Brewers have built their team to do exactly this, and it's what they're good at, is keeping games close and winning those types of games. It's not a mistake. It's entirely part of the plan. So that's, I don't know. Anything else you got to add on the Brewers here? Just happy that they're they. I mean, winning streaks over, but they needed that. Um, yeah. I'm, and tomorrow, I'm I'm guessing that I hope I think they're going to win the series against the Cubs. Um, like you said, Steele's a heck of a pitcher. So, but uh, no, I'm just happy that rolling into September here, the Brewers going to be what are they? So after tonight, what they're five up now, four up n- now. So yeah, four if they win, now, and was, they would go yeah. back up to five up if they beat the Cubs tomorrow. They'll right. get Thursday off, and then they get the Phillies before we come back to do our next show. Um, Phillies at home, though. Right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's good to see. Um, I'm also happy with the um, the trades. Um, Carlos Santana. Um, oh, yeah. The Canna Santana? Canna Santana. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Uh, Canna's been good. He has. He had a home run he yesterday. Has, he has fun a, a bomb yesterday, a 472-foot bomb. Um 20, I don't know, 400 some odd feet. It was, yeah. it would have been a home run every, everywhere except for Colorado. Would it dong? Uh, yes. What, what, would it dong doesn't exist anymore. Oh yeah. Because they it, it got canceled because the automation stuff, but yeah. uh, there's before he left, he, there's a, uh, uh, it's, um, you can find it on my Twitter. It's a home run tracker. Okay. And it's actually, it's a little bit better than what it dong to it. Like actually Ooh. gives, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit better. Um, I, I like it better. What it dong was fun though. Um, especially since it had Brewers colors, so it was probably a Brewers fan that made it. But, uh, um, but uh, you know, Canna and uh, Santana, um, Santana, of course, great. right now, uh, they said he'll be back on Friday. Um, so right. he was out doing some stuff today. He sprained his ankle yesterday. And they played Canna at first today. Right, who he has played first in the fast. They said yeah. that that was his 17th game this year, um, playing first base. So it's, it's not foreign to him. Um so they've been good. Um, Monasterio has been playing well as of late. That's great. Absolutely. Uh, Taylor has uh, shown up lately, which is good. Um, I always kind of been a Tyrone Taylor fan. Was always just a little disappointed by his um, production, but he's been good as of late. Um, Sid Freelich being back is good. They already had him up in the three spot. Uh, Contreras continues to just be a beast. Um, he's the offensive player of the year for this team. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> um, yeah. And just, I mean, and Adamus is his bat, his bat's awake. And, it, yeah. and there's something to be said about, you know, planting him between Santana and Canna that yeah. now he's, you know, he's protected, not just sitting out on Adamus Island. And, and I hope he doesn't feel him. he has to hit home runs because it, you know, that, that, that hurts his, his, his play quite honestly. They said it's been to. weird that ever since Sid Freelich got called up that uh, the, the attitude of hitting on the Brewers has changed a lot. And they that is that he, Sid Freelich is not afraid to watch balls and uh, not swing and then just hit the ball wherever and wherever it lands is where it lands as opposed to, you know, trying to you know, pull the ball, smack the ball somewhere or something like that. Um, uh, which is a lot, you know, for a young guy like Freilich to make a difference on a team, but it's a young team. Um, but uh, yeah, no, Adama's sitting between two respectable hitters makes a big difference. I mean, that's the reason. That's the re- you go back in time, you look at any good hitter. I mean, the reason why Babe Ruth was so good was because he had Lou Gehrig right behind him. It definitely helped. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so you couldn't pitch around Babe Ruth. 
because Lou Gehrig would he had the highest slugging percentage in history. You know, right. like he's gonna he's gonna rip you to pieces. It's true with anybody. I mean, like with any really good hitter, especially a number three or number four hitter, if you surround them with other people who can hit, they can't pitch around you, and they can't they they have to pitch to you mm-hmm. because Canna can make you pay for pitching around Adamas. You know, so. There's that. Even Trang's been hitting well lately, which is good. You yeah, know? he's up so. to like 228. Yeah. So yeah. Which, yeah. which everyone oh 228. Well, I mean that was 200 like a month ago. It so was. I mean he's on his way back to, up. Add, to, to add 28 points here. Uh, I mean everybody. If you look at everybody like since the All Star break, batting averages it's ridiculous, and especially mm-hmm. August batting averages were really really good. So it looks good. Yeah. Um, the bullpen is unbelievable. Um, Absolutely. I mean, you get to the fifth inning and, you know, the first three, four innings are a slog. And then like, the last three innings are like 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, Cause no, just, absolutely. Because they just nothing happens. Just it's just it's straight fire. I mean, um, Brewers over the last 15 days, 12th in all of MLB in slugging, slugging uh, 728 right now over the last 15 name. days. You just said his name earlier, the young reliever. At, at oh, uh, Piguero or Payas? Or no. Uribe is who you're talking about. That's Uribe. Because right, yeah, we were talking hit about Uribe. 10, hit 103 the other day. Yeah, that dude is, gosh. Does he, he, that's, has, he has some. That's fire, dude. At, yeah, I, mean, I mean, 105 is pretty much max for anybody. I mean, that's Chapman in his good days, like prime. It's like human beings weren't meant to be this. We're firing 105. I mean, if you're hitting triple digits in general, that's stupid. But 103, man, like that ball takes less than like one, like 0. 0.3 yeah. seconds to make it to home plate. Right. Good luck. Yeah. Okay. So the so. Brewers finish up with the Cubs. They'll have the Phillies at home for three, and then they will go to Pittsburgh to play the Pirates, and then to New York to play the Yankees, who are a losing team. Who have who what was it? Suck. They're bad, which is great because I would really love to bad. see them be bad. And they didn't sell. It's good. That's why Cashman's going to get fired, and they're going to hire Dan, David Stearns. <laughs> All right. No, that honestly, God, Shinneman. Okay, so Shinneman and Larrabee are both Yankees fans. Oh, they're from, from yeah, because okay. they're from out. They're from it out happens. there. I think. Yeah, whatever. You know, you, you you can't blame where you're born. I mean, you, Wayne Larvey was the play-by-play guy for the Bears before he came to the Packers. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't blame people for their past. But uh, they were talking about that, and just what a, what a dumpster fire! Like Cashman didn't sell at the trade deadline because Yankees don't sell the trade deadline because they don't even know how yeah. to do that. But uh, even Larvey was talking about like, yeah, Cashman's got to get out of there. This analytics stuff isn't working anymore. Get David Stearns in there. <sighs> And Shinneman's like, yeah, that's a very popular opinion in New York right now. Jeez. So. All right. Well, we've got a couple little things we do want to play before we wrap up today. And we're going to put all of those stories into a segment that we lovingly call our last call. Time to look around and get your bearings. It's time for the last call. For last call, I do want to let everybody know that we are back in volleyball season. And I know I, for one, am very excited. Uh, Badgers already 2-0, and moved from the number two team. They were behind Texas in the initial poll. Badgers now ranked number one. They beat previously number 15th ranked Baylor, who they dropped from 15 to 16. They beat them three sets to one. Uh, big contributions from transfers. Okay, this is the big thing. Uh, Temi Thomas Elara, who is a transfer from Northwestern. Two aces in this game to lead the team. Yulia Orzao also has two. Uh, Izzy Ashburn with one. CeCe Crawford, who is a transfer from Kansas, uh, leads the team with four blocks, tied with Emma Smrek. Anna Smrek is scary big. She is a tall woman, and she is really, really good. She's going to be in- in- incredible this year, I think. Uh, key part of their, their front line for this team. Uh, also, sophomore middle blocker, uh, Carter Booth uh, had, had three other blocks, so that's that's also fun to see to get uh, some of these younger people involved in this game. Sarah Franklin with 13 kills, uh, Temi Thomas Alara also with 12 kills, Devin Robinson eight. Uh, she's also going to be a huge part of this team and this plan this year. Izzy Ashburn with 22 assists. 
Uh, MJ Hamill added 18 as well. Uh, so, yeah, there's plenty of good things there in the first game. They then came back. This is the Big Ten, Big 12 challenge, uh, which is funny because Big Ten is the conference for volleyball. Uh, Badgers come back in that second game and win against TCU in straight sets. Uh, so they, they take this. This was held in Minneapolis. Uh, don't have any of the stats on that one. Uh, Marquette actually started this season ranked. Uh, I double check this one because they were actually ranked fairly high. I think they started off. They, they dropped because they did lose. They started off 13th and dropped to 19th. Reason why is they lost their very first game. They lose three sets to one to number 24, Western Kentucky, the Hilltoppers. Uh, so that's, I mean, that's obviously, it's a rough way to start your season, especially when you have some hope there that you're a 13th ranked team, but they bounce right back. They beat Drake and Dayton, which, I mean, Dayton matters because that's in conference. They win both of those three to two, though, which is not what you expect for a team that started off uh, 13 uh, on this this year. So I, I just, I don't know. It's an inauspicious start for a team that you expected to see more from early on in this season. Uh, but the one thing is that they're going to go through the Big East, which is not the 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 sort of it's not the, it is not the drain that playing you know Penn State and Minnesota and Purdue. Uh, sorry, not Purdue so much. Purdue's been all right, but um, Nebraska is you know obviously the big one uh, right now. Nebraska is ranked. Fourth, Minnesota's ranked fifth. Um, Ohio State ranked twelfth. Penn State ranked fourteenth. I mean, that's the Big Ten right now. Marquette ranked nineteenth. Actually, with Creighton right behind them at twenty, so it'll be interesting. Uh, the next game for the Badgers will be number twenty-one ranked Arkansas. Uh, and for Marquette, they could help out the Badgers here by playing number twenty-five Purdue. And number 23, Kansas. They will be playing in, I forget the name of this, they're going to be going to Lawrence and playing a little three-team kind of showcase of volleyball. So they'll be playing Purdue and Kansas. Both those matches will be held in Lawrence, Kansas, before they come back in and uh, the Al McGuire Center and play Pitt. So that'll be September 1st and 2nd, and then Pitt on the 8th. Uh, Arkansas, well, after Arkansas... Wisconsin will be playing Arkansas twice, it looks like, on the 30th and the 31st, both of those in Fayetteville. And then they'll play Tennessee in Madison and then Arizona in Madison and then University of Miami in Madison. So this should be a lot of fun ones here. I'm going to have to try to find a way to get tickets to see some of these things because this is this team is good. It's going to be a lot of fun watching all, all these ladies doing everything they've got there. So I'm, I'm very excited about this season. Number one ranked Badger uh, Volleyball. So that should be very fun. The Fantastic. Other... Give me a call. We'll meet yeah. you there. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have to work out something. Uh, the other thing we do, we have talked plenty about the Northwoods League. It's a fantastic league. It's a wood bat college player league where they stay in people's homes and stuff like that. Uh, your 2023 champions are the Green Bay Rockers, which were the Green Bay Booyah and the Green Bay Bullfrogs. But now they are the Rockers and they are the champions. And they are rocking to We Are the Champions. And that was a terrible pun, but I'm going to go with it for right now. Gross. Uh, take, Green... it, take it back, John. Take it back. <laughs> I will not. You have one chance. Um, they beat St. Cloud in the championship. And uh, St. Cloud uh, ended up beating Lacrosse in the Great what was it? The Great Lakes Whoever Championship there. So they beat Lacrosse sure, sure. to get in. Uh, and... Yeah, so Green Bay, the Green Bay Mon Rockers. Mon 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 pretty good minor league baseball league. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Northwoods actually set a record attendance this year, the the highest attendance they've ever had. Uh, 1,313,916 fans attended games this year. Not bad. It seems uh, being most stadiums don't hold more than 2,000 people. Right. The, the one that they play in, in in Rapids is the one I actually played high school baseball in uh, when we would come into Rapids to play. I mean, uh, the Duck Pond down in Madison maybe holds 3,000. Yeah, so. that's a really fun venue. They have like the, I think it they is. have, is it the old Miller Park seats or something? Like some, some professional baseball stadium got rid of their seats and the Mallards took them. They're, it's a great stadium. It's a lot of well, fun. The, Hus- 
the Huskies playing Huskies and the Oakland Express playing those old brick um, stadiums from the 1920s, which yeah. don't hold more than a thousand each. So, I mean, a million people. It does. It seems like oh, whoopie to do. I mean, you're talking maybe a thousand people per game for a lot average, you know. Yeah. But I mean, that's really good. Good it job. Was, it good was job, Northwoods League. The thirtieth season of the Northwoods League. So that was a lot of fun. Your uh, second half champions, because we didn't mention it, Kalamazoo Growlers win the Great Lakes East for the second half. The Great Lakes West went to the Mallards. The Great Plains East went to the Lacrosse Loggers. And the Wilmar Stingers win the Great Plains West. So that was the second half stats, and that's everything we had there. And I don't have anything else to go. I guess the one fun thing is the Badger men's soccer team started off 2-0, and which is, I think they said they're off to their best start in, like, since 2011 uh, they did not play any big 10 schools or any schools that i would have that that have what i would say would be a d1 football program but they did play two games and they did win them uh so good I for them the badgers had a soccer team they have okay. a men's soccer team and a women's soccer team the women's soccer team has been much better than the men's soccer team recently yes. they've been in the yes. they've reached the sweet 16 the last two years if i remember correctly yes but yeah all right anything else you had to add aaron no, that's. I think that was Perfect. pretty thorough. Excellent. Well, thank Football's you. Football's back, John. Football's Boom. back. We are excited. All right, everybody, come back next week. We will talk more Badgers and Packers football. We'll talk uh, the Brewers continuing their uh, their divisional chase. And, uh, yeah, it's been fantastic. Thank you for joining us for another wonderful week of Wisconsin sports. Remember to follow us on all your social media. We are in multiple places. We are on Twitter, at uh, Pod at not so humble a host at Cheddar Talk. Also, I am on Mastodon. The podcast is at Scotty Johnny Pod at Mastodon.social. I am at Scotty Johnny at Mastodon.world. Pardon me. And you can find me to Aaron's great chagrin at blue on blue sky at J E Barnett at B Sky.social. I'm jealous. I know. Jealous. I have 47 followers. I have 47 followers on Blue Sky right now. So. All right, everybody, thank you again for all of this around Wisconsin and the world. Uh, We're glad to have you with us. And remember, whether you are on the town or on the go, it is always on Wisconsin. This has been the Scotty Johnny Podcast. Remember to find the boys on Twitter at ScottyJohnny1 or online at ScottyJohnny.com. Thanks for listening and on Wisconsin.